help you with that. Well, today, as Aaron mentioned, we have a special guest. We have, um, I'll say, a young man still. He's, he's 50, so that's still young, right? Come on, all, all the over 50s, at least be saying amen for you guys. I mean, so he's still, still young. Uh, he is, he's a pastor from Cairo, Egypt, and he is um, strategically involved through a ministry called Initiative Ministry, and it's both in the Middle East and North Africa. And, and he is engaging in, in helping identify and raise up and equip local church planters um, in, in those areas, people coming out of Islam who become believers and raising these, these Christian brothers up to send them back out into the communities, into Muslim communities. And so he is tilling some, some difficult soil, but by God's grace, they're seeing good work be done. And the, the gospel is the power of God for salvation for anyone who believes. Um, not just in Egypt, but here as well. And we have that common bond in the gospel ministry that, that Imad is, has been proclaiming, is proclaiming. So we're going to get to hear from him. He is here this week. He actually leaves tomorrow. He's been here this week for a missions conference that uh, Mitchell Road Presbyterian Church has put on. And he had a great time there. Got to speak a few times as well. And then we get to have him this morning. And then we are also wanting to help participate together in the ministry there. So you might have noticed on your chairs, there's two different pieces of paper. One is just initiative ministries, empowering the local church, tells you a little bit about what their focus is. This is a January newsletter. It still applies though. Um, Tells you about their focus in Egypt and particularly in in a governorate, it's like a province um, in Egypt um, called Fayum. And they are desiring to plant, I think 11 or 12 churches. Is that right? 11 churches, a 10 churches in, in, in all throughout that region of Fayum. There are over 3 million people, and I think there's 12 churches for 3 million people. So, how many? Okay, seven. Okay, so um, they, they need the gospel. If you think about that, that's, uh, the, the average is about one believer for every 250,000 people. So it's a little bit different of a setting than we're in here. Um, so you can read a little bit about that. And then also on your chair, um, we would ask you to consider, um, w- would you consider how you might help support them, either in prayer or, or in giving financially? If you want to do that, um, just fill that out, and then you can um, leave it on the, on the back with the ushers as you go out. Um, that would be a great way to just let us know and let Imad know um, how you're either praying for him or how God has laid him on your heart. So um, Imad, if you would come and we are looking forward to hearing God's word, you can go and come up. The best way is over here on the side. We have a long trek to come up here. Um, eventually we're going to put steps up here, but we haven't done that quite yet. Um, we just rejoice and I count it a huge privilege. I was thinking this morning about the privilege it is to have communion together with uh, a brother who became a believer in Egypt when he was 15, and yet we have a common bond in the gospel. Um, God is drawing people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation, and it's a testimony to the power of God that we get to, as Americans, be a part of that. And so, um, Imad, we just want to welcome you and say thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, church pastor. Thank you, Pastor Matt, Pastor Aaron, uh, church leadership, all the church elders, and my friend Ross, to have me here uh, to preach this uh, Sunday. When my friend Ross asked me about how you can delay it, I finished my appointment last week, but if you can delay for another more week to preach Sunday 28, with all the rejoice, I accept this invitation. I feel I'm not deserved to come and preach you because I love you. I feeling I would love to preach the gospel to my family, to my congregation. I feeling myself, I considering myself, I'm a part of this family, which is redeeming Grace Church. And thank you, you accepted me to be with you this morning, pastors and church leader and the congregation. Actually, uh, Today, I'm going to to speak about the characteristic of the church dynamic from Book of Acts. And uh, I pray this morning uh, that the Lord can can lead us, can speak to our heart. 
crossing all my weakness and any barriers can could to be can be between to receive and to interact and to respond with God's word. Amen. Amen. In our culture in Egypt, when we say amen, if you eat a breakfast, good breakfast, you say amen. Depends about the breakfast, how much is strong, actually. <laughs> if it's cereal and cornflakes and that, for sure, say amen. But if it's uh, eggs and bacon and omelet and that and sausage, amen, it will come strong as much, anyhow. Mm. Uh, Actually, I, from time to time, I will, I will, I will, I will need uh, uh, my friend Russ to, to, to read the scripture. Uh, and if, uh, if it's good, can, can read from Book of Act, uh, uh, chapter 11, uh, from verse... Uh, you, you have the notes. Uh, from verse uh, 20, actually starting from verse 20... Uh, Actually, from verse 19, Russ, please. 11, Acts, chapter 11, from verse 19. Okay. Yeah. Come to the end of the chapter. All right. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenist also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Thank you, Russ. Okay. Actually, when uh, the Lord gave me, uh, gave us a home uh, with a small backyard, and I was came with uh, educational and awareness, not understand anything about the agriculture at all, and I asked the guy, he take care about the garden and help to plant some mint. We love to drink tea as Egyptian with green mint. And he brought some, uh, some leaves of the mint and to plant it at the backyard. And he carried like few, a few leaves of mint like that with the roots and planted. And I came, was angry with him. I gave you money to give me largest space of the green mint. This is very few between your hand. I ask you to spread as much to fill my backyard with the men. You see, yes, master, but if I bring it much, if this is, it will spread in all the backyard. You will have it in place for something else. Actually, he say, yes, yes, master, but actually he is my master because I was foolish. I'm not understanding anything. I don't know who uh, he speak to me as a master, but, uh, but I say, how this few live can bring such agreement, can give us like a year, for your coming. He say, don't worry, master. This is, we will plant that, and the secret 
in the planting, the secret in the agriculture was the Lord put it in these leaves, spread after it will come under the soil, it will spread. Just it's needed to make it down under the soil, under the soil, and it will, when it will come under the soil, automatically, after a while, it will spread. It will give you largest field. Wow. And after a while, I found we have a big, wonderful green mint. It's like take like a corner of my backyard. I, get, I got the lesson, which I'm not understand from the Lord in many times, which I'm struggle with my face in many times which I found even the church struggling with the same principle. To growing, to spread, to be in going, to be a growing. It's not to be neither big as much. It's not to be so big. You're not what only you need to accept, come under the soil. Come under the soil. And this is a few under the soil. God, he put it his secret. It can grow and grow and grow and fill the land. Brother and sister, actually, this illustration, which I, it's, was happened, really, I guess a lesson which the Lord tried to work through his church. This is the story. This is the relationship between God and his church, between God and his people, between God and his nation. Because of that, this morning we are going to speak about the characteristic of the church dynamic. If we we'll go for the next slide, the characteristic of the church dynamic this morning, I'm going to speak about four major points. I'm going to speak about a called church and a growing church and a given church and a going church, a calling church, a called church. Church have a call, have a calling from God. A calling church. To, to understand that, to be a calling church, if we will go for a calling church, a calling church, my question for you this morning, did you receive, do you receive any time a calling from God to do something or to start something is not there? Did you receive any calling from the Lord to do something is not exist? This is, could explain a little bit what do you mean by the church have a calling from God. Actually, the principle behind that, I would like to come for the next slide, then I will back for the slides. The perspective of uh, the background uh, biblical view for that concept, it's a long story. Starting from the first meeting or the first commission in book of Genesis chapter 1 uh, verse 26 up to 28. The first time God was met with mankind, Adam. And during this meeting, the first meeting when God, he looked to Adam and his image and he came to him with the first commission. What is the first commission for Adam? What is the first commission? Be blessed. And he started to explain, what do you mean by be blessed? Sometimes when we come to the prayer and say, God, bless me, bless me, bless the church, bless the people, bless, 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 bless. And sometimes it seemed to me like I hear the Lord, what do you want to do for you? What do you mean by the blessing? When the Lord blessed, he's explained what he mean by the blessing. 
When the Lord He blesses, He explains what you can do by that blessing. But when we ask for the blessing, it's just a word sometimes for us during our prayer, during our relationship with God. But when Lord speaks to Adam and say, "Bless you, I bless you," He starts to explain from verse 26 to verse 28. God He's explained to Adam for first mankind what His meaning by the blessing. His meaning. To take what God would like to do, to take that commission, to take what God called Adam to do, to take and to receive what God would like to transfer to Adam to all the nation. The blessing here, it's a matter of commission, it's a matter of calling to make Adam transfer what God would like to do through others. And what God asked Adam to do takes a blessing for the end of the earth. I speak with him about the creation, all kind of creation, planting, animals, every, every kind in the creation. Then, clearly, my blessing, you, I bless you to the end of the earth. Over all the earth. The blessing, Adam, to accept, to transfer what I would like to do through you to all the earth. Then, after that, you know the story in Genesis chapter 3, the fall was happened there, and the mankind fell in the sin, and the outcome of that fall, we know that. The Adam, he fell. The mankind fell. Then the Lord back again with his covenant, with his promise, about his salvation plan in Genesis 3. Then after that, we know that in Genesis 5, Genesis 6 starts to speak another rebellion. God always, he came with his commission, and the mankind, his response for that commission was rebellion. And Genesis 6, God, he started to look for all mankind, and he became sad because the mankind became under fully control of the sin. And the expression and the term what God he explained in Genesis 6, he said that God has became sad because he's make the man. It seemed like God has looked for the mankind as his project, as his product, as his work, he busy with the mankind. And after he make that, he look and find it's another fall, another fail, another fail, another fail, another failure. It's not only fail this time, but it's completely, this is my expression, it's like completely was became damaged, destroyed. Then God's decisions came to Genesis 7, which is, attachment by the flood but he found Noah to make another opportunity and after the flood he back to Noah with new covenant with new commission and from, chapter, from Genesis 9 to Genesis 10 God speak about very important thing remember my brother and sister God he has destiny God he has a plan. Explain very well to Adam in chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. He has a plan. He has a destiny. Would like to place the heirs. What do you mean by heirs? The nation. Even the man was fell. God, he doesn't forget. He back again for Noah. And he started to establish his covenant with Noah and to speak with Noah about new covenant, new time, new era, the nation, I would like to please the nation. And from Genesis 9 till Genesis 10, God speaks about the nation. Most of the people sometimes looking for the nation starting after Genesis 11. Actually, it's not starting after Genesis 11. It's starting from Genesis 10. Back to Genesis 9, 10. The Lord speaks about the nation was established there and the nation and the venue place location for each nation even. You will find the map of the old world there and how God, he 
make the nation, nation by nation, and where they can live, where they can go. After that covenant, after new commission, another rebellion came for Genesis 11 with Tower of Babel. What's the story of Tower of Babel? Why God he rejected? Why God refused? Why God not happy with the Tower of Babylon? Why? Do you know why? Do you know why? What is the problem with the tower? There is any answer? Huh? Man's work? What is the problem with man's work? God, he loved us to do the work. The work is a blessing from the Lord. What else? What, what God's problem with the tower of people? Sorry? You get the point. If you will back for the commission, for the first commission in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, he would like to transform his blessing through Adam to all the heirs. And since that time, the enemy starts to be between God's plan, God's destiny, and that destiny could be happening. And even the story of the fail, the story of the man come to the, back to the sin, the story of the rebellion, it's a story how God didn't make, not able to make his plan. If you look back to the scripture and say, the people in Sha'ar and say, we are growing now and we are going to scatter it over all the earth. Let us make a name and build a tower to the heaven. The point is not to go to the heaven letters, but the point is to make something can grow in the same place, which completely rebellion against God's plan. God would like them to spread God, his plan to the nation. God, his plan to the nation. And the mankind would like to be isolated, would like to be in the same place, in the same comfortable zone. This is exactly what the people say in Genesis 11. And Lord, Lord came and damaged the tower and was a very clear, if you not understand, to be a nation, and I will give you the tongues of the nation. Then you have to, every group of people can speak by themselves, can be spread and to build his, all the capacity of his nation. Story after story. I can't tell you how the Bible and the Old Testament go like that. If I will look for the book of Ruth, what's the message of book of Ruth? Ruth. What message of book of Ruth? Ruth came from Moab. Moab is a Gentile nation. From nation live in the, in the sin. Very sinful people. And the Lord and the people of God looking for themselves about we can't deal with the people like that, but anyhow, to make the story short, and a family from God's people immigrated to there and uh, 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 married from two ladies from Moab people, and uh, after the men would die, and uh, the mother, mother-in-law would like to back again for... Uh, uh, God's people uh, area and ask for the two uh, uh, two uh, daughter-in-law uh, uh, back to their nation to Moab, the Moabian uh, ladies. Ruth from Moab, she said no. And the book starts to continue about the story how Ruth from Moab, the sinner people, the Gentiles people, came and connected God's people. And she was married from Boaz. And from that distance, Jesus was born from Ruth. It's another story. God's people doesn't accept, doesn't realize, doesn't understand God's plan for the nation. And God, by all meaning, by all his way, tried to reveal himself for his people about my plan to the nations. And all the Old Testament go like that. What happened in the New Testament? 
the situation became different. Yes? Yes? How many agree with you? And the New Testament situation became different? Yes? Wasn't different. Wasn't different. In the Great Commission in book of Matthew, in the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus, he said, go. Go for where? Greenville, South Carolina, North Carolina. Huh? Go where? Go where? Go where? And in the end of the book of Luke, Jesus, he confirmed the same. Luke, he confirmed the same. And in the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus, he speak very widely. You will receive my power by the Holy Spirit, and you will become my witness. Where? In Jerusalem? Then in all Judea? Then in Samaria? Then? I read it right? I read it right? I read it right? Would like someone to stop me? You're wrong, Imad. No? The scripture does not say Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then. The scripture say Jerusalem and Judea. And. <laughs> and. What do you mean by that? God's plan at the same time would like to release his church, his early church, to take the gospel to all the heirs. The scripture, the terminology he used here, he say, he say over all the heirs, over all the heirs. The early church was understand that? It's sorry to say no. They not understand that. Because this is the real problem. When you come for the book of Acts from chapter 1 and chapter 2 and after many of the people came to Christ and the church was growing, but the church is still where? Living in Jerusalem. <laughs> we can leave the apostle Peter and Jacob and John and that such comfortable, such holiness uh, congregation or the teacher is there, the gift, the prayer, everything. This is the church, mother church is here. How we can live it? And the Lord, his plan, go. And the church was increasing. And he sent a book of Acts, chapter 4, he sent a wave of persecution. And he put it, Peter and John in the jail and was arrested because he speak about Christ. And he tried to push them to go. They didn't go. In book of Act, Act uh, chapter five, he speak about the same. Chapter six, he speak about the same. It's another increase. The church doesn't like to go. Do you know? Do you remember? What is the first time the church was a start to move from book of Acts chapter one? Till book of Acts, chapter 10, the church doesn't like to move from Jerusalem. Rebellion against God's plan. <laughs> God has a plan. God has a destiny. My brother and sister, I speak about God has a plan, God has a destiny. Because of that, if I will back for the previous slice, again, for Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 18, which here, Apostle Paul, he pray for the Ephesians church. What is prayer? God, he's given it you. Yeah, God, he gave it you, your eyes of heart to open. I would like to read it from here. Yes, chapter 1, verse 18. Having, this is what the Lord, Apostle Paul, he prayed, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the glory, may give you a spirit of the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Having, listen for that, having 
the eyes of your heart enlightened them. The eyes of your heart. That you may know what the hope to which he has called you. Do you know why Paul has prayed it prayer? Do you know why? Because this is this is a fact. This is a fact. Between God's destiny, God's plan, and to respond to that, to understand which call, which hope God He called us to do. This is our problem. This is the story of our journey, struggling with God. To accept, to understand, to see. Because of that, Paul, he relies, well, this is, is not needed the natural eye. This is not needed this eye. This is not needed this ear. This is, is needed the Holy Spirit. This is, is needed the spirit of the knowledge. This is, is needed the spirit of Jesus Christ. It came up. To us, a spiritual eye. We need a spiritual eyes. We need it that heart can be open, that heart can be seen. God is plan. Our eyes. What is able to see the faces and the wall and the issue? Not able to realize what God is plan. We needed that kind of God's work among our hearts to open our eyes of our hearts. Brother and sister, you have two kinds of eyes. You have that eyes, and you have inner eyes. Inner eyes. The inner eyes only can be opened by the Holy Spirit, by God's work in your heart, by God's work among your life. Next slide show, I, I have a pastor and the Lord has led him to go and buy a land and build a church there. In a place, is no, is no any Christian community, any service at all. People that live there, but no any Christian service, no any church there. He go and take a land and build a church. And the people ask him, why you come and build a church in a place there's no Christian community here? Are you crazy? His answer, I make a way for the Lord. I prepare the way because the Lord is coming. And this is what the pastor, because of the pastor did that. As initiative ministry, we're able to join and considering this one of the 10 churches help the local churches in Fayoum able to make it, to do the church planting there. But come to the point after the characteristic of the church dynamic about a growing church. Next slide. The growing church. The growing church, any life body, any life issue in this, ground, in this land, have a remarks, we can realize this is, is growing. If you look for the book of Acts and see how is the church is growing, in each chapter speak to us how is the Lord can add people, those who are be saved by Jesus Christ, added to the church. And he tell us about a specific number from people add to the church, then 3,000, then 5,000, then 1,000, and 1,000, and 1,000. Every chapter of the book of Acts, Tell us about how the church are growing there. The question is, in the next slides, let us see the question is, what make the church are growing? What do you think? The resource, the resource make the church growing? Would like to hear answer. The resources? The resources? You are, I think, the country have the most resources over all the world. You are lead the world by your resources. Yes? The resources, it make the church growing? Did you think that? If the resources, why some of the churches, 50 person, 100, couple of hundred, and other churches, 5,000, 3,000, 10,000? If the resources, 
and maybe both, they have the same resources. Could be the resources help, but did you think the resources, it's the main reason, can help the church to grow? God, he has a secret to help the church to grow, actually. God, he designed his church to grow under the pressure. I'm very kafir man. And the world try to discover from time to time the best way to get the strong coffee as much you have a machine or any mechanism can press the coffee to get what inside the coffee beans as much to get it the stronger, the tested coffee over all the world. Which uh, uh, Pastor Matt, he's very generous actually, inviting me to Starbucks to see that machine, which is uh, how uh, when you press the coffee, how the coffee go up and then, it's amazing. Sometime by that mechanism, you need to press to get the juice out, to get the life out. The same mechanism God he used with his church. The church could be growing by pressing. Sometime using the miracle, which you can find in the book of Acts, the miracle, one of the signs, sign and wondering the Lord he used about the church could be growing. Yes? He didn't use the resource. <laughs> you remember when Peter and John came for the, for the gate of the temple and find the paradise man in this gate and say, Peter, he looked for him and the man, he's a beggar. And he put his hand like that and waiting for Peter or John can give him a tie. But Peter, he looked to him and say, look to me, man. <laughs> we haven't think, we haven't what we can do for you. No money, no gold, no silver, we can give it to you. But what we have in the name of Jesus is stand up and walk. And suddenly this man is stand and running. Yes, Lord, they can using the miracle sometime, but also he using the press, the presence. I remember when the Lord led me for, uh, to take the gospel among the Kurds people in north of Iraq. And uh, once the Lord sent us, we led actually by the Lord, but the Holy Spirit guiding us to go to the city. It's called Shaklawa. Shaklawa, this is the center of all the uh, terrorism and uh, Qaeda and Hezbollah. And we went with a uh, the track, uh, one turn and a half from the Bible, we have the track, and we sit in the hotel as a team, three, four person, and we sitting for this hotel, we didn't move from the hotel for three days, praying and fasting. We don't know from where, from, from where we can move, <laughs> from where we can start. We look around ourselves and see black flag from Hezbollah, Hezbollah, this is the most fanatics and most fundamentalist uh, uh, Muslim employing for uh, Nasrallah in Lebanon, employing for Iranian Shia people. And another black flags also employing uh, for, uh, for Qaeda, Osama bin Laden at the time. And another black flags employing for many groups. And I felt the city surrounded with all kinds of terrorist people. After three days from prayer, we feel with all our weakness and limitation, we don't know from where we can start. We start to pray and cry, Lord, guiding us what we can do. <laughs> we have the Bible. This is a resource. But for us, it's not a matter of resource. It was a good news. There is a people, but surrounded under fully control from the terrorist people. Spirit of fear, limitation. And I found suddenly certain, certain banners and say, the death for the tiny people, the death for the American people, the death for the United Nations people. Actually, by the way, I was there 
as a part of NGO work with the United Nations. And the first things, suddenly I realized the cab, what I had is UNCR, which is United Nations. Then I get my cab, come down, and after a while, I discover the jacket I wear there is United Nations also. I get the jacket and try to hide. And suddenly, the question, what you are doing, Imad? I feel the Lord has came to me. What you are doing, Imad? By the way, this is my name. <laughs> what you are doing? Afraid from what? From the death? From that sign that children's people are raised in the panels? After a while, the Lord says, this is my plan. Take the gospel and go to the city and they preach the gospel at the street in the middle of the city. I start to make spiritual warfare and stand worshiping, praising, praying, tongues, and start to do all kinds because I realize this is a war from the Satan. The Satan would like to put me in the fire, would like to kill me. This is not the Lord. The Lord came again. Imad, take the Bible you have, go to the city, preach the gospel. Are you speak to me, Lord? Yes, I speak to you. I take the Bibles with the car and went to the street at the time. And we find people and go to the bookshop stationery. We give them books from the Bibles and ask them, this is a gift. This is a Bible. This is a message. Jesus Christ, Son of Mary, we give it to you. You can buy it. You can distributing. Then the Lord guiding me for a place which is like a big coffee gathering there. And someone is leading the people to play something like a game through the microphone and not understand the rules of the games. But the Lord say, go and ask the man to give you the mic. Lord, he asked me to take the Bible to the bookshop. I give it to the bookshop. And it's by, by your grace, it's, I'm fine. It's still alive. <laughs> what you ask me to do with, what I can do with the mic? To preach. Me? For these people? <laughs> to preach? And after dialogue, it's, it's real dialogue. It's real dialogue. Catch the mic, I ask the man, the gentleman, he give me the mic, I catch the mic, and I preach the gospel, like I preached to you this morning. I preach about Jesus Christ, son of Mary. He's the president of peace. He's the way to God. He's the way to heaven. And suddenly, after 15 minutes from that preaching, I ask my colleague, the friend that he may have, to the distributing the Bible for the people attending. And suddenly, the people start to clap. Yes, I say, by Arabic, Alhamdulillah. By English, say, thank you, Lord. The people not understand. Then, they were not stoning me. I'm safe. The Lord again. I repeat the message again. The people with the same rejoice received the message. I realized the people get, got it, the message, accepted the Lord. And we moved from place to place, distributing the Bible, with the most terrorism people there. We distributing ton and a half of the Bible among this terrorism city. I can tell you about hundreds of the story, how the Lord opened the door for children's people, for Hezbollah, for Qaeda people, for ISIS people to accept Jesus. The first time when I went to Alger, do you know, when it comes to the book of Acts chapter 4, it's a very strange story. When the Pharisee people and the religious people catch Peter and John, and put him in the jail and say, don't speak by that name again. Don't speak about Christ again. 
We will put you in the jail again, but second time, you will not put you in the jail, could be killed. For me, it seemed like Peter. And he take that threaten with his colleague and back to the church. What happened there? What happened when he back to the church? He make a shelter and try to cover himself. Like usual. Many times we did that. He did that. Look for the Bible, book of Acts, in chapter 4, what he did, Peter. He started to pray. But he didn't say pray. He said boldness pray. Pray. Pray for what? Lord, please, covering us, protect us, save our life, please, Lord, protect us from that. No. He prayed to the Lord, give them more boldness, can preach the gospel, and all the people can hear the message. Even with the kings can hear the message. People not afraid. And the Bible say, after his pray, the Holy Spirit came and shaken the place which they are gathering, praying there. Shaken the place. I think if the church stand right, in the right place, in the right position, if the church take place in the right time, if the church accept what the Lord called there to do, if the church accept God's calling in that right position, this is, it is the right position for the church, then no any threatening come to the church. I know the message I spoke, I speak this morning, I, I, this is what I told for myself. It's not a relative message. It's not a relative message. Do you know why? Because I know I realize how much you are here, it's more comfortable. It's not a convenient message for you. Because you're living from in one street, Maras, when we came in one road, two, three minutes driving, 10 of the churches, and every 100 meters, every 100 meters, church, 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 church. The number of the churches you have, sometimes it's bigger than the number of the trees you have here. It's a big challenge. In Algeria, when I went there, and uh, the first time I went, I, one of my brother from the Cleaver, Muslim background, he, he take me from the airport and try to guide me there, and I ask him, how long are Cleaver? He said, two years. Okay, he's your youngest brother. Yeah, you are still walking Christ. You are still in the beginning. And after time, I say, did you share your face with anyone else since you accept Lord personal savior during these two years? You have someone in your village, you can pray with him? You have another cleavers in your area, you can pray with them? He say, brother, when I accept Jesus Christ my savior, since these two years, I was planted two churches in my village. <laughs> in a Muslim country? Planted two churches? He said, yeah? I said, yeah. Tell me how, you see. This is a normal. This is my life daily, my, our lifestyle. Go, knock door to door, visiting door to door, share our faith with the people. How much is the people welcoming with you? You see, my brother, sometimes little, few people welcoming, and sometimes many of the people can threaten us, and sometimes people can stone us. Many times, was very close to the death. This is how the church are growing there. Resources, prison, restriction, prayer for boldness, miracle, prison again, more persecution. This is the church. Come after that. We talk about a calling church, a called church, a growing church, a given church, the slice after. A given church. How the church can give? 
This is part of the secret to let the church multiply. How? To take our resource, put it in the bank, or put it in the person, put it in the property, and then we can increase our resources. No, 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 no. The way to the church could be growing to give. To, to give what? To give. To give what they have. To give finances resource, to give people resource. This is what the Bible speaks about the church. Giving a church. Are you giving a church, my brother and sister? The early church wasn't in the United States. The early church was in the poorest place, under the persecution, under the destruction, under the limitation of the resource. All what they have, people, they have their own. No foundational organization can raise a fund and give it to the church. <laughs> No MTW, Mission to the Wallet. No any organization or institutional can give to the church. All what they have, they're all. Someone have his home, someone have his resource, someone he have rent, someone he have a few monies in his pocket, someone have a house, some, this is the resource of what they have. Someone have a field, what they did, give it, release. For he speak to the Philippine church, church, you are the first church which is no one share with me the gospel except you. What is the Philippine church? Do you know the Philippine church? From Gentiles. Philippian, it is the first, first place except the gospel in Europe. When the, the vision came to Apostle Paul through the Macedonian man, and he asked him, come cross and helping us. And from then, from there, Paul, he started to move to Europe, the old Europe at that time. And from there, he got to, to Philippia. And in Philippia, he was met with uh, uh, the ladies, it's called Lydia, and uh, the, the prisoner man is there, and this church was born under these circumstances. This is the church who share and participate, give it all what they have to make Paul able to reach the gospel to the nation. Are you are given a church? Another kind of the given would like to talk about it actually. In the next slide, because my time came come to, after that, not only a called church, a growing church, a given church, but also a going church. A going church. The next slides. A going church. I would like to end by that. It's very strange. The going church, it will bring us to the big. The first point, the beginning, what we start, how are, are God's people, how are God's church, it's not easy to accept God's calling to go. And since that time, after different waves from the persecution, the church would like to be there, to stuck in Jerusalem. Then the Lord, he get little bit power, not his maximum, little bit power. It's strong wave which in when Stephen was stoning, okay, and then Paul, which is at that time Saul, is the first terrorism. Yeah, the first terrorist man. Paul, he was a terrorist. His plan to go and kill the Christian people. And they start to do that in Book of Acts chapter 9. Then it's a great wave happened till chapter 10. And from chapter 11... The Bible says that the people was scattered from the persecution. Go, go. But listen for that. Listen for that term. It's very funny. The Bible says something funny. Yes, it's funny. But this is what we are doing. Okay? Listen for that. 
When they scatter and start to go there, I look for the verse I would like to go and didn't speak. For those who are scattered and go to preach the gospel there, speak to no anyone except the Jewish people. Can you imagine? After that wave of the persecution, to the Lord make them to go, even that, after they went under that persecution wave, they doesn't like to speak for anyone except the Jewish. Amazing, amazing. Amazing what the Lord can do here. Some of this team, some of this team is not the greatest people. They are youngest people. It seemed to me like they lost the way. And go from this great persecution, get away, they lost the way, lost the road, and they came for and found Gentiles people there. And they speak to the gospel for people, Hellenist people from people from Gentiles background and suddenly found the people accept the Lord. And after a while, preach the gospel again among the Gentiles, find the people accept the Lord. And after a while, most of the people in Antilles accepted Jesus Christ as a personal savior. Do you know, this is the church, the first early church was established among the Gentiles. And from this church, chapter 13, Come and tell us, in the church of Antias, there it is apostle and preacher and teacher and prophets are praying. And this is church of Antias, they are praying together and fasting and the Holy Spirit came to speak to the church. Release Paul and Barnabas to that mission to that work I call them to do. And this is the church which released Paul to start taking the gospel for his mission trip around the world. The church was born from the Gentiles. My point here, the church, if you look for Act 13, you will find like five major leadership praying there. When the Lord come to speak to them, he say what? Take two of these five. Release two of these five, two out of these five, to take the gospel to the world. And the church accepted that challenge. To release two out of the five leadership, take the gospel. My brother and sister, I pray this morning to the Lord can release at least not less than 50% of this congregation to be missionaries over the world. Sorry, pastor, I speak like that. Maybe you will be not happy with that. But I would love to see over 50% from this congregation not here anymore, flying everywhere with the gospel for those who are in need. Brother and sister, we live in a world very sin. We live in a world very threatened. We live in a world in a such need we live in a world people in need. We live in a world limited by the resource. We live in a world from time to time under the tourism could be not anymore. And you are the people have the hope. You are the people have the hope. You are the people have the good news you can take to this world. You are the people who have the answer for every single equation. You are the people who can bring such, such a transformation. You are the people who can make transformation of this world. You are the people. You are the one. You are the one. You are called by your name. I pray this morning. It's a prayer time when you come to pray. So Holy Spirit come to your ear and could be you can hear your name.
your name. What type of people you are? Calling people, call people, call the church, growing church, giving a church, going a church. In our few and the smallest congregation church in the Middle East under the Muslim world, the congregation like 40 or 50, 60 people in outreach most of the week, planted a church here and there with all their limitations. I pray the Lord can join you and you can hear your name from the Holy Spirit. You are called. You are the one I called you. You are the one can bring the transformation to the world. You have that hope. Paul, you must pray. I pray the Lord can open your eyes of your hearts. Can see what you hope for the call can do. This is my prayer. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us take a moment to pray that. Let us take a moment. Could be a very special moment in your life. Please don't move. Don't think about your kid. Don't think about anything. You will not lose much if you will stay longer for a few minutes. Please, brother and sister, receive what the Lord would like to speak to your heart. Could be a moment praying a boarding line, praying a timeline between your life in the past and your life in the future. Your life is coming. The years is coming in your life. Could be a difference. Pray to the Lord guiding you. Speak to your heart. Sometimes we are very busy about what type of people we are, what we can do, what our destiny, why we are exist. The Holy Spirit would like to speak to your heart why you are exist, why you are here, why you are choosing you as one of his children, why you are choosing to be one of God's child. Why, Lord, is choosing you to be one of his body, of his church? God has a plan, not only for the church, for you, personal. Yes. Don't look for yourself as a youngest lady or youngest girl or youngest woman. Don't look for yourself as the weakness one. Lord would like to use you, my sister. Lord would like to speak to your heart, my sister. You, you, by your name, by your name. Man, don't look yourself at the youngest or as oldest. The age doesn't play any role for the Lord. Your heart. Your heart. I will ask Pastor Matt and Kaman to lead us in prayer. Receive that prayer in your heart, please. Thanks to God. Father, we come to you and thank you that you have called all of us, God, to come here. Lord, each and every one of us who is here today is, is here because you've drawn us, you've called us, God. So we, we want to say thank you for drawing us. Thank you for calling us to yourself. Thank you, God, that we, we would hear your name, that you would make us alive so that we might respond to your name. God, I pray for everyone here who has is, is not yet responded to your call to serve you, Father. I pray that, that every knee here would bow, that every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, I pray that you would even now work on our hearts, that, 
that we might respond to you, Lord, to have renewed faith for what you've called us to. God, you've called us to spread your kingdom throughout this earth, Lord, to, to spread the good news about Jesus Christ that is the power of God for salvation. So, Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts and minds, that you would give us a desire to spread your kingdom, to spread your good news. God, I pray that you would empower us by the Holy Spirit to do that. It might not just be works of our own, Lord, but you would send us out with the Holy Spirit like you sent out those in the book of Acts with the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would stir us so that we might not only be a called church, we would grow in you, Lord, and so we would, we would be a giving church, God. And might we also, Lord, just be a church that goes into our communities and goes wherever you has, you have, Lord. I pray that, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I know we're running a couple minutes behind. Uh, if you'll stand, we're going to close with a short song. Um, we already let the children's ministry know that we're running late. And um, about two minutes, we will be done. But what a great way to close, to, to worship God for what he's done, for what he's called us to, and for the work that he's doing, that he's always about doing. Um, amen.